part of the conversations that happen around my kitchen table. He's John Brannion, and he's been a stand-up comic for more than 30 years. She's Amanda McKinney, and she's been my daughter for her whole life. Our family believes laughter is a gift from God. We often discover it while discussing culture, faith, and family. So go ahead and pull up a chair, neighbor. Can I call you Carl? There's plenty of room here for you. Hit record. Save it for the podcast. Jawanda Vivo is on the podcast again. Hello. So many important things to talk about, Juwan. And I want to start with a very serious question. Um, when cause you're kind of a handy guy, uh, I guess. Yeah, yeah, you you make things, you do stuff. Yeah, not welding or uh, I can. I put I built our chicken coop. Right, that's what okay. I'm saying. Yeah. So when you are engaged in a project like building a chicken coop, for example. Or doing any sort of building, construction, manly stuff like that. <laughs> Do you hurt yourself like on a on a regular basis doing doing things that shouldn't hurt? Like, for example, if you're if you're uh, putting a couple of boards together, let's say you're building a, a Murphy bed from a okay. kit. And uh, and there's two pieces of wood that need to be attached with hinges. And so you have to put one piece of wood on top of another piece of wood. Do you pinch your finger between those two pieces of wood? Yeah, and that's like how you know the hinge works. Form a blood blister? Yeah. That's, what, that's, that's, that's the guy. That's how men test things. That's Do how you, you know. The, the hinge, if you didn't pinch your finger, how would you know that the thing even moves? Well, that's what I'm. That's what I'm checking because I, like, I was carrying a television set in, just a flat screen TV into the house today. We're setting up a Airbnb, and I was carrying that in, and I banged it on the top of the door, hit it on the back of the door, and then smushed the bottom part of it up against the cuticles on my hand. And so I've like, so my, I two of my fingers were bleeding and are going to bruise now. Because I was carrying a television set in the house. Do you do stuff like that? Bump into frames. My thing is, uh, when I'm carrying something in our house, we got light colored walls. So uh, I'll usually hit the wall at some point and look around for Melody because she's like, Juan! Because I'm marking up the walls. But I'll, like, uh, when I'm building something, I'll hit my. This is standard stuff. You hit your thumb. You got When you're nailing something, you're going to hit your hand. You do. And then when you're. When you're cutting something with a knife, you're gonna slice it or something. Yep, I got a, I got a, a hole in that knuckle, and I'm not even sure how I did it. Not even sure. Have you stepped on a nail ever? You ever done that yet? Yeah, not recently, but I have done it in the past. I I haven't done the push your push it all the way through your shoe, but I've gotten where I'm. I stepped on it and went oh, and pulled up right at the last second. I got lucky. (laughs) It could have went through your man. It goes through your foot. Yeah. Well, I just wondered. I wondered if handy people who know how to do construction similarly hurt themselves like I do. Have you seen guys like contractors? Their hands. Yeah, they're they're uh, sliced and bent, and 
and uh, crushed from beyond recognition. They got these <laughs> grotesque they got mittens, yeah, that have like, malformed. Their, yeah, their their uh, fingers are the size of sausages, and they're they have maybe if they have all their fingers, they definitely don't have all their fingernails. One of them's gonna have like a missing fingernail, so you know okay. something. Yeah, you work with okay. your hands. My thing is uh, too. My dad. Which I just I feel like I have really thin skin because <laughs> I'll here's the thing I'll start working I'll go back in the house and somebody goes you're bleeding I'm like what nothing <laughs> didn't do anything and there's like a slice on my arm on the back end of it or something I went I didn't even feel that what <laughs> what did I do brush up, <laughs> brush up against a grass blade that was that was what happened with this knuckle I just I was working underneath the. Uh, on the working on the cabinet and I looked down and there was blood trickling down the end of my finger and I don't even know how I did it. <laughs> and that was when I thought, that was when I thought of this question. That was when I, I, the, uh, the thought you, went through yeah. my head. I thought about Juwan DeVivo. I did. I thought about you uh, building your chicken coop. And I said, I wonder if Juwan's ever hurt himself while he's doing his project and see this. Nah, barely. That, yeah. It just, it just uh, festered up. <laughs> I was just sitting there, and apparently I got some wood stuck in my fan. So I had to, like, get the, you know, you get a splinter. Oh, that's a, a splinter? It was, like, three or four of them. <laughs> he was, didn't even know they were there? I woke up the night. Well, uh, uh, we have a natural wood-burning fireplace, so they're the, the likelihood of it coming from me throwing logs in the fireplace yeah. came from that. But I just, yeah, I was at breakfast the next day going, what in the world? I guess what I guess the, I got splinters. So well your your body will actually like build a little like a build a a ball of it's not pus, but it's like it'll it'll white blood like, cells, right? Yeah, it'll like it'll wrap it up in a cocoon over time <laughs> and just sort of absorb so, things. And and so like you can pull things out of your out of your fingers or your foot. You can pull stuff out of your foot that's been there for years. When I was in oh. uh, elementary school, uh, the, one of the my friends, uh, James Brzezinski. <laughs> hey, shout out to James. Hey, James. Um, he made a hey, rocket Carl. ship out of Play-Doh. Made a rocket ship out of Play-Doh. And he put it down on the ground. And he said to my other friend, Jeff Robinson, shout out to Jeff. Uh, <laughs> hey, pretend you're King Kong and stomp on this rocket ship. And so Jeff stomped down on the rocket ship, not realizing that James had wrapped that Play-Doh around a pencil, around a sharpened pencil. And so, so yeah, Jeff had the tip of a pencil broken off in his foot. And, uh, graduate day. It was, it was, it was like graduation day. It was, it wasn't graduation day, but it was in high school. He was. He and I were at lunch or something. He goes, you know, I pulled that tip of the pencil out of my foot this morning. We're eight. It was like eight years later. Yeah. What in the world? What was said, the? Did it hurt? And he goes, no, I didn't even know it was there. It was just did like James, the kid who put the pencil there. Was he sorry and said, "Oh, um," or he just went. It was weird. Yeah, it was. It, he got in. He got in trouble. Our, he didn't inquire. Our, our choir teacher was not thrilled with him. <laughs> so, um, but it was one of those things. There, playing with Plato in choir. Yeah. It's one of those things that boys do. Yeah, um, most boys do because they're just not thinking about 
he, he thought it would be funny. He thought that he, he would go to try to step on it thinking it was Play-Doh. Ha-ha, it's more substantial than that. There's a pencil in it. I really don't think he intended to puncture it through his shoe oh, okay. and into yeah, his foot. Seem like oh. He was just trying to prank him. And, uh, at least the way it. that I'm seeing it in my head, Jeff, when you when somebody says, hey, squish this Play-Doh, you don't just go, meh, and just lean on it. You right. get like, <laughs> right. you probably stack you up, stand like up three on a chairs. Chair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> come off, <laughs> come Jump off down on eight it. feet with both feet. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's a guy thing for sure. Right. <laughs> and so I, I don't think just, it was malicious. I don't think he was trying to hurt him. Uh, he was just, just, boys do dumb stuff like that. That's the reason. Yeah. That's the reason there's emergency rooms. It's for boys. It's not for girls. <laughs> That's for sure. Girls never do that. <laughs> that is, I'm still I'm still mulling over the the reasoning. I was like, ha ha! It's a it's a pencil. It didn't score so easy, did it? But it just he just impaled yeah. his foot on it. Well, the, you know, I remember shooting out the back of my dad's car, the back window of my dad's car, with my BB gun because but during traffic, you're like out. In- no, no, I was, I was <laughs> kneeling in the front yard with my BB gun. Oh, that shooting I would, it out. Okay. Yeah, and I was testing. I was basically testing to see how far it would shoot. And I thought, well, I'm going to aim at that window because I it's far away. It's clear across the yard, you know, <laughs> like and, and I'll be able to see it. You know, I'll be able to see it ping off the window. It never occurred to me that it would actually go through the window. But I pulled the trigger on that BB gun. And it was just spiderweb that back window. Just <laughs> okay, it didn't fall down. No. Uh, did you run away at that moment? You just went away till sundown. Well, I knew that eventually. I I knew that I wasn't ready to move out and be on my own. <laughs> so I I just went in and confessed. I said I shot the window out of Look. the car. He goes, you what? <laughs> and he had that same that same look on his face and and that same ponderment that you had and that the choir teacher had. It's like, why would you do a thing like that? Why would you aim your BB gun at the back window? And I, I had no, I had no reason for it. <laughs> I didn't think it was going to get there. Honestly, I didn't, I had no idea that it would get there. And if it did get there, I didn't think it'd have enough, still have enough inertia to go through it, but it's it a did. daisy rifle, dad. Yeah. <laughs> it barely punctures a, a can. It was. It was just a just a little rifle. It wasn't even a wasn't even a pump one. It just it was. Just you just cock, yeah. yeah, you just cocked it, and it's that amazing. was it. So, <laughs> um, all right. Well, we hinted at uh, talking about the the Dennis Prager thing. I totally forgot to ask you what you wanted to talk. About. Hey, <laughs> we got that's the thing though. We can just load up whatever, right? And uh. But I hadn't watched. The, I hadn't watched it. I can All talk right. on. I can comment on what you said and what I've experienced in my own life. Well, did you? But did you? Were you involved in any of the Kat Von D controversy? I think we. I, I saw her post and so. Oh, and I saw the post that you were responding to mm-hmm. as well. Actually, because mm-hmm. what I like about following you, my friend, is that uh, you have takes on there that I'm like, oh yeah. That's good too, because what what happens is you get this over because of the way social media is set up to foster uh, 
diversion Out, outrage yeah, outrage yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that that's what you get is you usually get the how dare you crowd how then, you could know, you but then when the like I, I don't know who the pastor was but you said the pastor said she's a sheep and he's like and you're like well we're sheep too so right it's the whole yeah if we're yeah, all things thrilled to have her be part of the family and and it's like well good for you bully for you um we are all part of the same family and you're treating us like garbage so well and and carl in case you didn't see it the the sh- really short version of it is there was a meme that some pastor posted and it was kat von d who apparently she is a uh is famous oh, yeah. she was on yeah, oh, yeah. She, she was on la la inc and that yeah. was uh lifetime or whatever on the cable one of those <laughs> it was a reality know. tv show yeah, yeah. And so, uh, any of them so she has a following and she was not a Christian and she's apparently converted to Christianity, which is not even the issue. That's not even, that's not even really the thing that I'm talking about here, but it was interesting. The, the, the pastor posted a picture of her that I'm I'm 90% sure is an old picture of her. And she's basically wearing lingerie. I mean, it's not a, see that, but. she's wearing lingerie and it's not, it's not super revealing, but it's definitely it's definitely some sheer uh, it's a sheer top, and she's wearing you know just underwear, and it's sort okay. of a profile, and she's and she's kind of draped over this uh, stool. So, you're, so it's, you're saying it's, he sought out the most flattering picture he could, like the most I guess what he would say beautiful picture right i'm I'm, what i'm saying is well then it's he posted that picture and said this is kat von d and uh and she's now been converted she's now converted to christianity and uh sadly some of the most uh critical and vitriolic comments have come from christian people now Whenever, whenever somebody puts criticism and vitriol together like that, the critical and vitriolic, those two things do not mean the same thing. So you can't say right. critical and vitriolic. Uh, they, they can they can be right. You combine critical them. and vitriolic, but they aren't necessarily something yeah. that's critical Exchange isn't them, necessarily yeah. yeah angry and 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 hateful. So there's that. But then he goes on to go, so what if she wears black? So what if she's covered in tattoos? She's a, she is a sister. If you're a true believer, you have to accept her as a sister in Christ. And I and my take, Carl, was, <laughs> hold on a second. You're going to post this picture of her, I assume without her knowledge. I don't think that you probably got permission <laughs> from her it. to post this. So you're posting this picture on her behalf. Um and then you're scolding us for having a potential problem with her appearance. Now, if if this is this isn't just about her being uh, covered in tattoos, and it's not about her wearing black. It's about her being uh, in, in this boudoir, in, in her lingerie, <laughs> in a somewhat provocative pose. You know. Th- and then you're and then you're criticizing us for being um, uncertain about that. <laughs> we we have hesitations, right? <laughs> do do forgive our hesitate. I always right. I was going to say because every time, even with so Chris Pratt got saved uh, 
Justin Bieber apparently trusted Christ, and then also Rob mm-hmm. Schneider is another one that's that's hilarious how we're talking about Christian mm-hmm. artists not believing in God, <laughs> going you know going the other way, and then we're we're getting all these LA people. Right, that is funny, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> all these hardcore that. Christian artists yeah, have like, renounced the faith. Meanwhile, Kat Von D yeah. is now a devout believer. I always wait. And we talked about this too, because uh, oh, that was in the Afford party. Excuse, because um, for some reason, at least the culturally Christian are really quick to go, "Yay, this is our champion!" And they'll put Cav on D. They'll like invite her to a church now, right? And like you, you tell us. And there's nothing wrong with her telling a testimony, but nope. something to the effect of this is this lady's on our team now, so everything she says is for us. Right. She's going to go. This is we got street cred now, so we got right. credibility. So she's going to say she's, stuff. She's a celebrity. God's well, lucky she, to have her. She at best, she's a young Christian, and she doesn't know. She doesn't know right. everything. She just knows the basics, which is fine, and it's enough. But it's not going to. We're not. We're going to. We shouldn't quote her in Sunday school. Right. <laughs> we shouldn't. <laughs> we right. shouldn't be putting a poster of her quotes on the wall just yet. So well, that was my that was my po- my first post. I, I made two posts. Uh, the first post was basically, I yeah, I remember when Kanye was yeah, you know, was was converted, and all of the evangelicals were like, "Hooray, Kanye West is a new brother in Christ," and it like it's, it's not t- celebrating his salvation. It's no. celebrating the fact that we have a celebrity on our side. That's that's the that's who you're talking about. Uh, but you, now you sound like me, cynical and jaded, and, and <laughs> unwilling to celebrate the new soul in heaven. Um, but that was what happened with when I criticized. Uh, well, Joel Osteen. Joel Osteen is a whole other issue, right? But but Kanye, like ten minutes after he announced that he was a Christian, he's He's speaking at Joel Osteen's church at the largest yeah. church, you know, in the nation, one of the largest churches in the world. And and he's saying really dumb things. I mean, <laughs> dumb things happen a lot at that church. But but Kanye being a brand new Christian and then pers- and hushing people in the auditorium. Hey, I need I need you all to be real. Quick. I appreciate the support because they're they're like cheering for him. Yeah, it's like a concert, you know. Yeah. Like, hey, I appreciate the support, but I need everyone to be real quiet because I'm gonna let God talk through me now. And I'm going, what? <laughs> I mean, what's, oh. what is going on here? Is, is he going to talk through you now? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I would challenge the people who cheered Kanye. I was like, do you? Do you make the same noise when you guys do baptisms or when somebody comes up front and and gives their testimony? Is it the same level of excitement? Because it's the same miracle. It's the same sinner saved by grace. Presumably. um, But we were talking this last couple of weeks. uh, We've been in the book of Mark on Sundays and, uh, Mark chapter four is the parable of the sower, and uh, that parable yep. has has taken on a slightly different. I have a different understanding of that parable than I had um, growing up. Uh, the, the because that parable is uh, is much less hopeful 
then uh, then the a lot of people make it out. Yeah, right. you think about the percentages of uh, right. Yeah, the seeds. Yeah, well, and and the the Christian the Christian take our our mode of operation is we are really quick to pronounce somebody oh, yeah, as yeah. as a member of the flock. I mean, we're, we're we are. It's microseconds. If you after, come to a Baptist church, we will sign you up. You say right. you be, we don't even care. We'll just make you a member. Right, You're a member of the church. But we are we are not very quick to declare when people renounce their faith and say, "I no longer believe." We're real reluctant to say, "Well, I guess they're outside the kingdom now." Instead, what we do is we go, "Well, you know what? They're probably just like the." Uh, like the prodigal, and they'll be back. And so God is just working a season, and they're going to come back. We we absolutely refuse to believe that some people are like the uh, the seed that falls among thorns, uh, thorns, or this is that yeah. falls on the path where it just doesn't have any root. It grows up, and it's super great for a few minutes or a few years, and then it dies and it goes away. We just we just don't think the flowers that and flowers, but there isn't any fruit. <laughs> fruit, no is, fruit. Fruit is the key word to me. I'm trying to remember if Jan, or first John says anything about fruit. I'm trying to remember. I know Jesus says by your fruit, you will know them. And so that's the thing, not a stalk mm-hmm. or a leaf or a flower because right. that, the thorn didn't it say flowers or is that the one on the, on the stony ground? I wish I could remember, but, one of them flowers even. So it's like, oh, it's so yeah. And then, but uh, I think one of them flowers. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, you know, so the fell along the path and the birds devoured it. That one didn't go anywhere. And then right. there was seed that fell on the rocky ground where it didn't have much soil. Immediately uh-huh. sprang up. Since it had no depth of soil, uh, sun rose, it was scorched. Uh, had no root, it withered away. Seed fell among the thorns and thorns grew up and choked it. Okay. Yielded and it yielded no grain. Okay, but that's the translation. This is the ESV. It says it yielded no grain. So maybe another translation yeah. says it had a flower. Okay, I'm I'm just putting my own things in there. <laughs> Don't worry about it. But I, but that's the 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 key difference is the fruit. I'm trying. To, I really would like to know the Bible better. I wish I could recall because First John is your Carl. First John is your go-to book is your letter to go read that and find out whether or not somebody is actually cuz because what happens is what's what happened then is what's happening now is people are in the church and they and they like it and they uh they enjoy themselves there but they're not believers they haven't had regenerative faith where God has they are born again so they do the things and uh, probably just like they did before they were in the church, they did something and they got in the ritual and they went through the motions and, and that's just their, they, they like the, uh, the clothing and the, uh, I was trying to, yep. I was trying to figure out a way, an analogy for it, but it's kind of like if I moved to India and I wore the clothing and you eat the food and you speak the language and you're culturally, uh, culturally I would be an Indian, but I'm not. I haven't changed into one. I just, uh, it's not like I'm from there. I have to be born from there. Just look like one. Right. So that's, that's the same level of, of believing that we have with it. Right. Right. And the, the, the danger, 
the dangerous thing about talking like this is that there is an abundance of Christian people who will pounce on you and say, it is not your place to judge. Only God knows their heart. Um, it's your job just to love and and accept them. And that is why the parable of the sower has taken <laughs> on a different meaning for well, me. I would go one step further and say, yeah, we're supposed to disciple these people. So like, let's right. say that the 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 seed has taken root and then something's springing up. So let me help this person pull the stones out right. of their ground. Let me help them pull the thorns with right. and then uh yeah. But yeah, that's that's something yeah, because it's I don't remember how long ago it was, but I'd read it and you you kinda like at the end you're like, Yeah, that's the word of God and some people it's just uh we look at it sometimes as a one-time thing. So like if somebody tells you the word of God, you don't listen to it, then your heart was the, that was the hard path. But uh, somebody just goes, and he had to shout it at us. He was, he was talking about this parable and he was just like, three of these people are not saved. They're not going to heaven. There's only one right. believer in this scenario. Right. And that's, that's made evident too, when Jesus explains it to the disciples. And that's the other thing too, is Jesus takes the time to explain it to the disciples yes. because he turns around and says, I'm talking with in riddles to these people because this, this is the hard path. This is the, or this is a stony ground or thorny ground. This is all unfit for the word. You guys will hear this. And that's why I'm right. going to tell you. Right. He says, well, that's in, that's in Mark chapter four and verse 10. He says, uh, he said to them, to, to you, he's talking to the 12, to you it has been given the secret of the kingdom. But for those outside, everything is in parables so that they may indeed see but not perceive and may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. That's Jesus literally saying, I'm speaking in parables so that the people who don't belong with me will not understand what I'm saying. And I, you never hear that preached. You, you never hear church people told, Hey, if you're understanding what's going on, if you're, if you, if you get what this parable is about, then you're on the inside. But if you're struggling to understand this, if you, if you can't comprehend that some of the seed is going to die on bad soil and on bad rocks and those people are outside, if you don't get that, then you're not. You're not one of the of the answer. We 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 never say that in church. We everybody, well, we think everybody is is on the inside. Yeah, that's a good point. We talked about this one time before when when a couple of Christian artists had apostatized and decided mm-hmm. they didn't believe in God, and it was like uh, because one of the things that people have a problem with is the Christianity is so exclusionary. Right. Exclude, and I'm like. Just by the word Christian, you're excluding. That's it. Just by saying this is this and that is that, right. <laughs> you're excluding. And then there's other right. there's people who don't even they don't want to be Christian. So how can I include them? Right. Oh, no, no, Richard, you're coming with me. I don't want to go to church. No, we're no. I'm, I got to be inclusive. I got to include you. And he's like, I got to go fishing. Like, no, nope, nope. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go to church. And like, let me go. And then I would get arrested. Because I'm kidnapping Richard to go to church, but there's right. people that literally will fight you tooth and nail because they don't want to be Christians. So that's 
they're excluding now. So we can't include everybody. I what what's great about I'm reading the Psalms with the kids and it's hard because reading it through a Christian lens, because some of the Psalms are like Break out their teeth, Lord, and right. and dash their babies them. against the rocks. I thought one one that was a really cool. I'm going to save it. I don't know why. Maybe it's still I'm angry, but it's a line that goes, uh, "Uproot them from the land of the living." I was like, oh. right. like "Can you imagine saying <laughs> those that on the phone?" Those imprecatory psalms. And somebody are... who's like, "You go, I'm going to uproot you from the land of the living." <laughs> I thought that was a great, great line, but. Reading them through a Christian Very lens, poetic. It, like there's, I, I come to the conclusion. I was like, there's people, and I, try, I told this to the kids too. There's people that set themselves completely opposite from God, and they're mm-hmm. not, and they're not gonna. They're hard. That's that hard soil. The problem we have is dealing with the people, you know, the the stony soil and the, the thorny soil. That's the that's right. where it gets hard, and you lose your stomach for that. But that's exactly what we talked about on Sunday is that we, we lose our stomach is a great way to put it. We don't want to face the possibility that some people are not going to make it, that some people are outsiders. And the reason that they're not responding to uh, Christ, the reason they haven't made a decision to, to follow is because they don't understand it. They're, they're in the dark, they're seeing, but they're not perceiving. And Jesus is literally saying, the reason I'm talking to them in parables is because I don't want them to understand. Because if they understand, then they're going to turn and believe. And that is a super hard lesson to hear. And you don't very often hear people quote Christ for saying that. Yeah. But that that theology is in direct opposition to the idea that that God loves everybody equally. Quite frankly, that's that's something ever since you posted that, that's something I've been <laughs> I've been chewing on. I'm trying to remember what I got to that. Uh, well, I heard a friend of mine said this once is that um, the love of God, like you're it's it protects you like you're if you're an under an umbrella. And then once you've uh, well, no, that's what I came to. I was like. I can't explain that. I got to that that point, but you once you step out of that obedience to God and following God, then you're outside of His protection. But that's I don't know. That's weird. That's a bad analogy. But I just but I remembered though uh, Ephesians two. It says you were children of wrath, right? And that God is saying, "Whosoever come, you know." Uh, but the the time's growing short. Uh, mm-hmm. Paul said the days are evil. And for us as Christians, and that's another thing I came to too, is uh, there's a there's a I don't want to say it. There's there's two things going on at the same time. I forgot the word for that. But uh, we uh, the people like when they say God loves you just the way you are, and as Christians we love everyone because uh, you are beautiful because of the image of God that you've been made in. However, also like we just said. Uh, children of wrath meant for destruction until, and then that's when you get to the, but God who's rich in grace and, uh, and mercy um, and has, has created you for good works. Um, he, uh, he saves you. That's Ephesians two. When you believe in him, <laughs> this is the thing too, is the timing of it. But uh, um, 
but also you're beautiful because of that. But also you're you're ugly, like we said. You're you're dedicated to destruction until that time, until you're illuminated right. and regenerated. That's why we use the word born again. But it got kind of wore out <laughs> in the seventies and eighties, and and uh, it became old and cliche. So I guess we just decided, hey, everybody's everybody's accepted. And, right. Uh, well, we don't think that people need to be born again because we think that everybody's a okay the way they are. That's a big deal because, like, I think we've talked about this for two. Was uh, that's half of the gospel is God loves you, but that's it's incomplete. That's only fifty percent. Uh, he loves you, but before that, he loved you while you're still a sinner, while you're still headed for destruction, and not and. Yeah. So, um, well, and the people who the people who are the universal God loves everybody equally are just not uh, thinking very deeply about it. They're just they're just not they're not doing what you have to do if if you're going to make a sweeping statement like, well, you know what, God just loves everybody. Now, when you say the word everybody, you don't mean everybody. Because you're you have a certain type of person who, oh. <laughs> who yeah. you have a certain type of person who's not officially a believer. They're not officially a Christian. Yeah, you see somebody when you say that. But yeah. they're a, but you consider them a decent human being. You're not thinking about axe murderers and child traffickers who are who are going to go to eternity unrepentant. And you're not you're not thinking about are you really okay with a guy who has spent his life selling children into slavery, um, having a mansion right next to yours in glory. I mean, are you really okay with that? Yeah, because, you're right. Um, because that is, that is contrary to what Scripture teaches. There are certain people who do not belong in the kingdom of God, and, and Christians are super reluctant to admit that and when well, somebody who's outside the kingdom says that they now belong we have zero discernment bring them in <laughs> hand them a microphone come on and if, <clears throat> oh yeah if they're, if they're famous put them up oh, front you know give them a leadership role and and then if they fall away if they are in leadership and they fall away and they become apostates well, don't kick them out too quickly because God's not finished with them yet, and God's still got a plan for them. And it's like, are you listening to what he's saying? <laughs> this person is saying he does not want to have anything to do with Christ. Right. The the, yeah. the apostates that I've heard are angry at the church. They're angry at at the well, their brothers they, and sisters. Yeah, and they start lecturing the church on how to do better. Right. Uh, but <laughs> wait, but you you left. Right, and You're it's gone now. And that is not a person that I want in my living room for eternity. You right? Know? Yeah. Well, that's the that's so, the thing. I wonder. I don't know who said this or if I thought it up, but it's like the worst punishment for an atheist would be to go to heaven and have to sit. Well, you know, to a certain, <laughs> to a certain I'm saying to a certain degree, obviously not for real, but it's just uh, to think about. Maybe if he spent maybe five minutes that before before he went to where he was supposed to go. But you're right. Yeah. I think they're thinking about somebody, a, a cousin. That's where it starts hitting the, the rubber meets the road. Uh, a niece or a 
or a, a you know a brother or a sister, a son or yeah. daughter, son or daughter. That's when people start changing their tune, right? Too, is when you realize maybe your children are headed for destruction. You go, let me rethink this theology thing. Let me see if I can find. Let me see if I can soften these words of Christ a little bit. I shall build them a side door into heaven. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, well, here's the. Uh, I was trying to find a verse after after he explains the parable. And this, I, I'd never thought about this before, but I'm still in Mark before. Uh, after he explains the parable of the sower, he's in verse 21, and he says, uh, Is a lamp brought to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears, let him hear. This is right after he explained the parable. Right after he explained the parable, he says, the reason that you have a lamp is so you can put it up on the stand and so that you can yep. so you can expose things. Pay attention to what you hear. With this, with the measure that you use, it will be measured to you and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. So he's talking about truth. He's talking about light. And he is the light that came into yep. the world. That's what yep. John told us, that, that the light came into the world. But the world didn't know him. He came to his own, and even his own didn't recognize him. Because we do not like light. We like darkness because right. our deeds are evil. And so the reason that Jesus, I, I think the reason that Jesus got crucified is because he was just illuminating all of the wickedness around him. Everywhere he went, he just illuminated wickedness and the people who were not who were not his disciples the people who were not of the kingdom said we got to get rid of this guy well there you brought up a good point because there were two responses to that right he illuminated all the wickedness the truly uh like he said i came to heal the heal the sick not the righteous right so uh the the truly the people who were sick and they when god when jesus illuminated and they were ready for that uh, to be healed when they were ready to be healed and admit their illness, they were grateful for that. And they asked, you know, for forgiveness or mercy from Christ. And the people who weren't ready for that got angry or they, they got mad that they were exposed. Right. And they walked away either disappointed. There was a guy, everybody points to the Pharisees, but there was a guy who had a lot of money and he wasn't ready to, Actually, there were three. Well, we weren't told what happened to those guys, but there was one guy that wanted to bury father, and one guy that wanted to. Uh, okay, well, where do we live? Where's your headquarters? He's like, we don't right. have a, I don't have a home. So, uh, yeah, there's always there was different responses, but people who were ready, they were they would they repented of that wickedness. That's the right. man, right? And so, so he he said the measure that you use is is the measure that will be used. That's what will be given back to you. So, and he's talking about truth. So the amount of truth that I live by, the amount of truth that I emanate, the, 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 the truthfulness that I use, that is what gets reflected back to me and added to. And he says, so that even the people, the people who have a lot, the people who, who live by the truth, um, Theirs is multiplied, but the people who do not, even the little bit of truth that they have will be taken from them. Talks in Revelation to, to the uh, church in Ephesus about 
you need to re- get back to what you did at the beginning in Revelation 5, yeah. I think. Get back to what you did in the beginning, or else I'm going to come and take your lampstand from you. This is the same message. I'm going to come and take away your light. The little bit of light that you have is going to get extinguished. And so I'm thinking about how that connects to the parable of the sower. You've got these people who have fallen on the, uh, you've got seed that's fallen on the rocks and that's fallen in the thorns and it's not growing, it's not growing. And what happens? It withers and it dies. It doesn't limp along. It doesn't, it doesn't eke by and live a, uh, less than great life. It just, it ceases to live. It's an all or nothing proposition is what Jesus is saying. And so, and, and this is where it gets really, really, really difficult for Christians because we're talking about people who are pathetic. We're talking about people who, who have lived their lives. They've lived their lives by, um, apart from the truth, apart from life or, and apart from light. They live in the darkness. And so, People that live in the darkness, they get addicted to drugs. They're addicted to alcohol. They they are awful to be around. They're they're mean. They abuse their children. They abuse their their spouses. They're selfish. They're they're terrible people because they live in darkness and they don't have any truth in them. And the scripture says those are the people that it's going to get worse for. <laughs> Not, but our understanding is that Jesus came to to make those people better that those are the people that we think about in our minds it's like that's who Jesus came for yes but all of us are in that condition but the right. people the people yeah. that he came for like you said make a decision that they're like oh i need this i need what he has and then and then they're given more so the people who make a decision to follow christ they're given more, but the people who don't, right. um, they die. They're they're swept away. The tr- I think people the trouble. Well, I see what you're saying. So the trouble that people have are, are not with the the people strung out on drugs or completely in darkness. You, what what they want to say is, uh, God can save those people. He came to save those people. And there are people who were like that who got who have trusted christ and god has right. done the miracle of transforming them and i right. think that the they actual, were good soil that's not most that's not most of the people we're talking about like you said though we're talking about the people uh, i was telling uh, my son about this was like the hard part is thinking about that with people who are nice and who are altruistic and they're they're actually in one sense they're good people they think about other people they do good things and they uh they try to uh they they yeah they think about other people not so selfish but but why though if they're not if they're not truly transformed by Christ then it's hard for us to conceive that person like that can go to hell what was funny i we had a a lady in our life group was like uh Ellen DeGeneres is she she does all kinds of good things is she going to hell and i was like yeah from where <laughs> i sit She's never said out loud that she believes in Jesus, and I don't have any indication that she's following him or doing anything or even trusted God in any way, shape, or form. So that, this was before all of her backstage stuff came out, by the way. That's right. the other thing is when is that – I think some people's sins – some people are strung out on drugs. Some people go home and uh, they just uh, – 
their their sin is is hidden. We can't see it, so they look like good people. Or, yeah, it's it's hard. That's the thing is, it's hard to say that because we we put sin is on a a gauge, right? Uh, abusing kids is like really really wrong, but then like lying or doing something selfish. That's a, I guess maybe the thing is I think it's a myth. Uh, we somehow maybe we've just seen too many movies about people who are just good people and they don't have any connection to God. It's like there's a mm-hmm. there's something somewhere, and that may be really cynical to say. No, <laughs> like I don't think it is. I, I feel like that, I don't know if the case of Ellen DeGeneres is unique, <laughs> but it was funny because everybody she was the she was a sweetheart. Everybody loved her and she was so nice and then all these stories start coming about how abusive she was backstage mm-hmm. and like maybe that's how everybody you think is really nice and stuff maybe rosie o'donnell had that reputation too that's right for a while rosie everybody thought rosie was just this peachy sunny happy and we're nice not just person. accusing lesbians of this i don't know it's just this. those are just two cases of people that I mean, that's, everyone that's, said was nice <laughs> the lesbians are two for two though so far <laughs> i'm gonna get the scorecard I mean, men, uh, men can be just as bad and worse, but uh, yeah. well, it, I think that the the problem there's been re- okay. Let me say this for the record: there's been really nice guys that I found out of later were were pedophiles. So it's right. like these really you like, and they that's the thing when something like that comes out, it blows everybody's mind because right because they they, they seem so nice of this person. Yeah, it's that's right. not the, that's the furthest thing from their minds. So. Right, and that's because we're not good, and and that's because we're not good judges. That's because the, you know the people who are saying, "Well, it's not your place to judge the heart." It's like I 100 percent agree with you. So stop judging that this person is saved and yeah. and they're <laughs> a good see. person. <laughs> that was I mean, that blade cuts both that. directions. That is so a two-edged sword. Stop jump. Stop stop judging that this is a great person with a good heart. I won't uh, condemn them to hell if you don't automatically put them in heaven. <laughs> yeah, if you that. don't. Assign them a bunk in heaven. Right. (laughs) Thanks for visiting the Comedian's House. If you want to spend more time with our family, you can follow John Branion on YouTube and Facebook. Also email nextdoor at johnbranion.com with your comments and questions. We'll see you next time.